With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, patrons. Happy Thursday to you. How the hell are you? Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Yes, get over there. Hang on to your hats because today's program is action-packed. At 7.15 this morning, it's Jesse Temple. At 7.30, we'll talk about the NBA draft with the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. And at 7.45, we will spread the hate. Haters gonna hate. With Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. And now let's spread some you-know-what. Here's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. Man, oh man, we can't even make it to the opening of the show without Dr. J assaulting Vogel for, or for what? Oh, for a player celebrating after hitting a home run. And how timely it, it was last night, too, Uh that this certain player would hit this home run with a certain broadcaster able to document everything. So I can't think of a better way to welcome back Rob Vogel than with this. Swung on and driven to deep left center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a game-winning bottom of the ninth. Two-out walk-off home run by John Carlo Stanton. John Carlo. All right. Oh, man. God, I'm sick. I feel like I was going ill. Sick. Oh, you. Uh, then you wouldn't probably be in need of a. Oh, oh, no. Of a. Of a. Oh, oh, I thought you were asking for something else. You really probably, though, yes. Tell me, who I, are you? I thought you were going somewhere else with Where, that. Where did you think I was headed? Uh, that I can't tell you yet because I still am looking up. The oh, video. that's true. Do you have <laughs> oh it yet? Gosh, we got uh, multiple things today? After six seconds of commercial, I will, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on with that one. Hold on with okay. that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's how bad it is last night. I, okay, put my, I put my kid to sleep. I'm stalling for you to tell us. No, I you put, don't have to stall. No, we're okay. good. We're clear. All right, I put my kid to sleep, get all stuff situated, sit down and go through some notes and whatever. Do blank that, whatever I was going to do. By the way, blank that's on hiatus for today. Yeah. We got too many other things. I, I take should've, a, You should have spent your time more I, in a more constructive I fashion. I flip on the tube, and I am not kidding you. It immediately comes on to MLB Network, and no lie, you. it is the pitch, as they're getting set to throw it, the pitch that Stanton hits oh, yeah. out and over. So nice. you were impressed. I, I look at it, and I go like, well, I guess I know what tomorrow's lead is on the show, <laughs> and why did I have to come in right to that? Well, uh, I mean, just ruin the rest of my one day earlier. There weren't many viewing options, okay? So, unless you like that scene out of Pittsburgh where the dugout flooded, and did you see some of the photos today on Twitter? Hodricourt had a couple. I mean, it it was a flood of epic proportions, and they kept they kept saying, "Well, the game t- is delayed." What do you mean delayed? Just postpone the damn thing and get on with it. I saw the Brewers catcher out there sliding around on the oh, tarp man. doing the head first. Now, that would be fun. I mean, there's no way they were going to play that game last night. No. No way. No. I mean, there was a puddle behind shortstop. 
Like, yeah, if there was that, a puddle in left field. Yeah, when I say puddle, what I really mean was is a, a lake. lake. Small <laughs> lake. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching the Yankees. I watch the Yankees. Yep. I turned away only because Seattle went up five to nothing. Guess who was pitching, too? Felix. Oh, King they're Felix, up, sure. Yeah. They're up five to nothing with King Felix. Why would I stay with this game? So I left it for a little bit. Then I came back. And then all of a sudden it's five to three and the Yankees are up. I just tuned in. And, and what do I see? What do I hear? Do we have that cut? Oh, no. Which one's Sanchez. that? Oh, Sanchez. Well, I Sanchez. Even I, I knew what he was talking about. I don't, I don't about. know which one he's got. We, we got a bunch. All right. How many cuts are there? Driven to deep left center. Jeez. It is high. It is far. It is gone to tie the game. The Santino. He hits a two-run home run in the visitor's bullpen in left center. A mighty blast. A two-run home run. And the Yankees have tied the game at five. Oh, that Gary is scary. He ties it up. Oh, is that the best? Just the That's worst. so good. I can't wait. Let's what? just get on with it. Let's have the Astros just beat them now in the playoffs and get it over with, would you? So Sterling's I'm, on his A game right there today. He's been out of, those two calls. Those are good ones. So they were no. good calls. Yeah. And, so, and, so, and Michael Kay had a tremendous uh, premonition. Do you know who Michael Kay is? Yeah. The yes. Real Yankees broadcast. Very solid. Oh, wow. Real Yankees Would you agree man. a professional is professional? Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, uh, some consummate stats. professional. He, yes, <laughs> although he does make a lot of news getting in a battle with a former New York radio host who's now well, everybody back does as a radio nowadays. Host. Yes, exactly. People, the messenger shouldn't be the story. Okay, and that's what we're seeing more and more, especially in talk radio. The messenger becomes the story. That's sure. stupid. Nonetheless, uh, Michael K. While Stanton was at the plate, said the one thing that he's lacking is a signature moment with the New York Yankees. I did hear that. Yes, I mean, uh, right? Yeah. And then Stanton unloaded. Uh, the exit velocity on the home run was 117.9 miles an hour. The hardest walk-off home run since they were taking uh, tracks, taking measurements on such things in 2015. Do you Jeez. and your Yankee brethren feel a slight bit of remorse for all the booing you did of him back in April. No, we didn't boo Remember him. when you hated You're him? You're booing oh, John Sterling. This guy stinks. can't believe they're oh, paying him $200 which, million. Dollars. Which leads me to some wisdom at the water cooler for you. Oh, I got man. some wisdom oh, for not, you. Not the oh, we're getting to that. Don't worry. That would be Bub, okay? Is that his name, Bub? You know, Bub. I'm gone for a day, you're playing his greatest hits. You don't want to call him the very nice, interesting singer, man? Yeah, that's too long. Okay. That was Bub. So on 0-2 counts this year, Stanton was only 3 of 26, and he turned around an 0-2 pitch on Ryan Cook. And the video's classic, because as soon as the ball makes contact oh. with Stanton's bat, did you see Cook's reaction? Yeah, he knew it was Damn going. it! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't an awful pitch. It just needed to be down just a smidge yeah, oh, more. It was an 0-2 yeah, I know. meatball. Just down a smidge more. But That's what it he's was. locked in right now. And uh, he hits it. It's gone. Stanton was hitting 213 at home uh, in 37 games. He's hitting 295 on the road. So uh, there's no question the pressure was getting to him a little bit at Yankee Stadium. That for the Yankees was their 23rd win, win trailing at any point in a game. Uh, so you open the door to Bub, uh, who has a long list of hits. We weren't aware of it until Dr. J did some very diligent research. Oh, and tons y- of research. Yesterday we debuted it, and today we play it just for you. Let's hear it. You got butt cheeks. We 
yes you do Got a left butt cheek And a right butt cheek Big old butt cheeks One on the left, one on the right Oh yeah, 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 yeah Butt cheeks Yeah That's What do you got to say about that? Classy with a capital huh? K right oh, there Oh my goodness, how good you, is that? That is awesome Which stuff. gives me an opportunity now to uh, preview some of the things we're going to be talking about today uh, let alone our guest list, which is very long, starting with Chuck Garbedian at about 6.45. Chuck will talk a little bit about AmFan Championship, uh, celebrity uh, shoot-off, if that is what you want to call it, top of the hour. Ronaldo scored again. He's got four Gs already. Brian Posick will join us, talk a little bit about some of the awards that were handed out last night in Vegas. Very emotional moments uh, on stage. Give credit to the NHL for how they choreographed it all. Uh, 7.15. Uh, Jesse Temple now works for The Athletic. We'll talk about the uh, Badger recruiting uh, and a certain quarterback who's made some news. Uh, still in the fold. 7.30, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. Talk about the draft. Yeah, the draft is tonight. And then 7.45, we'll get an insider's look at the Big Ten players who are eligible to be drafted through the eyes of Jeff Patrikas. 7.45. That's a lot, isn't it? But when we come back... Is it asking too much of a professional athlete? Now, ponder this. Is it asking too much of a professional athlete to take his pants off without getting hurt? <laughs> Apparently it is, and we'll tell you why and who next on Lucas in the Morning. Swing and a drive. Well hit right field, and that is going to untie the game. Pereira bangs it off the auxiliary scoreboard in straightaway right field. He's gone deep again. And with his third hit of the day, he's put the Phillies in front 4-3. to three. Schwarber drives one in the air, deep left center field. Back goes Hernandez. It's got a chance. Gone. Long gone. Get out the tape measure for Kyle Schwarber. Cubs lead two to nothing. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning with Vogel and Dr. J. Some highlights from uh, last night's action in Major League Baseball. Is it Odubel? How do you pronounce that? Herrera's first name. I believe it's Odubel. We had me tripping all over it. I think I don't know if it was while you were going on vacation or whatever, but Odubel Cabrera. No, no Herrera. Herrera. Cabrera. Now I got his last Not name. Not Cabrera. No, Herrera. Herrera. It's Miguel. I was Cabrera. so busy focusing on Yeah, Miguel. He's gone. He's hurt. Yeah, he gone. Herrera. By the way, I just saw your text alerting me to oh, did you? watch out for on the side of the road things. So careful when you're driving in this morning. Oh, the Mounties. I just saw the text now. The Mounties on Fish late. Hatchery. Yeah, a little right. So Herrera is hitting 419 last seven games. It's homered in each of his last four games. Um, Sends the Cardinals reeling with a 4-3 loss. The only reason I bring that highlight up is St. Louis is going to open up a four-game series in Milwaukee starting tonight. Uh, and last night, Michael Waka got hurt. Left oblique strain. Ooh. Like the worst injury in the world for baseball players, isn't it? Oblique strains. Um, is whenever you hear a cardinal hurt, don't you party? You just go like, "Huh, that's Mike too Heller bad. does." And yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I little, don't care. Good he does for this you. Little happy I, dance. I don't want to wish a guy a permanent injury or anything career threatening. I was going to say sure. needing Tommy John surgery is probably the worst baseball I, injury. I, yeah, that. I, I just don't <laughs> think. I don't think the <laughs> cardinals. The cardinals don't have it. But losing Walker doesn't help. Uh, last night Molina hit a couple of home runs. All right. So and then the Cubs. Uh, shout out the Dodgers. Four to nothing. Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber hit his 14th home run. Uh, Chris Bryant. Had a couple hits in RBI. Third straight game that Brian has been the leadoff hitter 
for the Cubs. Chris Bryant leading off for the Chicago Cubs. But that sure. wasn't really the story uh, with the Cubbies. Um, Brandon Morrow, who I kind of like as a pitcher. I mean, uh, I think he's one of the better closers in baseball today. All right, today. He's got 16 saves this season. Uh, well, after their trip to St. Louis Monday, it was early Monday morning, he got home. Um, it was like 3 a.m. It's an interesting way to put 3 a.m. Um, and he was taking off his pants, all right? Because that's what you normally do when you get home after a road trip and you want to go to bed. He was taking off his pants, um, and he got hurt, suffered back spasms. I mean, he was upfront about it. He told reporters, you know, it's frustrating anytime you can't go out there and pitch, especially when you can't go out there and pitch because of something stupid like taking your pants off. <laughs> Come on. I don't believe it. Now, of course... Mr. Grassy Knoll himself across from me. I don't believe it. What do you right. say to this? All right. Here's here's my thinking. This guy's a professional athlete, correct? So we yes, can say I, that he's we've, in shape. we've established yeah, that. Well, I just wanted to make sure. So um, now, look, I don't know how you guys take your pants off. Um, and One leg at a time, buddy boy. <laughs> thanks for asking. <laughs> but I, I generally don't bend my back completely over while taking my pants off. Now, on, I totally get. You got to get it under the leg, under the foot, pull it up. Okay, cool. But off, it's kind of just unbutton, shoop, down, step through, and you haven't bent your waist at all, right? A am I the only person who takes my pants off like a normal person here? What, what's he doing first up? 3 a.m.? 3 a.m.? That's when they got home from the road yeah, trip. that's when they got back Is in. Is that what that yeah. was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Were you listening? Haven't you ever traveled with a Major League Baseball team? Don't you uh, know just, this? You know, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know. You know. So I'm, do you think this is more bizarre than Sammy Sosa getting injured, suffering back spasms after sneezing? Uh, no, because that actually somewhat that, makes that a little ever, bit of sense. Uh, I, I would say this. I put this in the category of like the Jonathan Lucroy hand injury of like, I sort of believe your story, but... Mm. Well, was carrying luggage, wasn't he? Yeah, what, was his hand on the ground? I don't even know if that's the most bizarre baseball injury from Monday night and involving Philadelphia. Did well, you hear the, the other fanatic, one in Philly? The Fanatic. I got oh, a picture geez. of it. Did you see that? <laughs> the, the, what? That's some serious facial injuries right, on that woman. Ahead. Reset it, if you will. <laughs> so, at the Phillies game on Monday, apparently you now can use a... Like, they'll use those t-shirt launchers, but the Philly Fanatic oh, used seen it to launch a hot dog. Haven't you yeah, seen I've that? Yeah, I've seen that picture. Yeah. Okay, the I, one didn't, of the I didn't know you ever launch a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. of course. But here's the key to that. To, to get distance on the hot dog, because think about a hot dog. Right. All right? How, how far is it going to fly? It's just all going to fall apart if you launch it. Right. Unless it's uh, wrapped in duct tape. Okay, that <laughs> makes it go. a little more secure. And suddenly it also becomes a, a hockey puck. Yes, exactly. What? It's a little more dangerous. Yes. All right, so the Philly Fanatics one of the better ma mascots. Great. Well, except He's for the awesome. time where He's sports. The it almost killed somebody. And so they have this this gun. This this uh, it's, it's a fairly significant size gun in the form of a hot dog yeah, big old CO2 launcher. It's a hot dog launcher. He's riding on the back of a little tractor. And they, and they launched hot dogs, all right? But they're wrapped in duct tape. Shoomp. And so this poor woman, who apparently um, <laughs> has been battling a, a shoulder injury. No, I didn't make this yes. up. Her name is Kathy McVeigh. Yes. Wait, she had a previous shoulder injury? She needs yes. surgery. She needs surgery. Just so it's not like she can arm. protect herself from the flying hot dog. <laughs> what are the odds for the poor fanatic? Wow. He picked the one person who can't move their arm. Wow. <laughs> So then, so she was contact. She contacted the hot dog and duct tape, knocked her glasses off, um, and she said she suffered a small hematoma. Is that what it hematoma, is? Hematoma, yeah, hematoma yeah, 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 yeah. In her eye, I saw the picture. She got a black eye. Yeah, uh, and a cut like on her nose. The best thing though is, and I hope she stays true to her word. 
she doesn't plan legal action against That's the Philly good. fanatic. Yeah. So the Phillies, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. The Phillies we'll have see. offered tickets to any game she wants to go to, and obviously they're trying In the to reach out section. and make it. If you were her, and it, what would you want if you weren't going to? If you just said, "All right, you know what? I, I don't want money, but I do want this." What would you want out of that? What would you say would be? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. A day with the Philly fanatic. Just a, 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 a day. Plan. What? Yeah, they, the team has to plan a whole date. Whole date day. No, I'd, I'd say yeah, like some I'd front row tickets where I got to meet so my what, favorite players. So, or so what or would be like more that? difficult or challenging to explain? <laughs> a, um, I, I've got back spasms <laughs> because I was taking off my pants. Or B, uh, this black eye is a result of getting hit by a flying hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that one's I'd tougher. rather have hers. At least it's <laughs> no. not my fault that somebody, you know, somebody just launches a hot dog out of a big machine and it hits you in the face, if that's one thing. Right. It's not your fault. More really. Twilight music, and then we'll get out of this segment, okay? <laughs> All right. More Twilight music. Last night, uh, Texas Rangers battery. The pitcher was Austin Biebens hyphen Dirks, who was pitching to the Biebens catcher Dirks? Isaiah Kiner hyphen Falalfa. Falfa. It's the what? first hyphenated surname battery in the history of baseball. Oh, my God. So, oh, the, the call! I feel so bad what? for the radio announcers. <laughs> what was it then last night uh, with names? Because there was a battery in a Pawtucket minor league game. Tucket versus yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, I just the saw that winning, before I came in. The winning pitcher was Josh D. Smith, <laughs> and getting the save was Josh A. Smith. Not related. <laughs> and they tossed like and a Stephen or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, what are the odds of that? Like, but the same odds as getting hit by a hot so dog how, launched so people from a really, fanatic. P- people really track. Hyphenated surname batteries. Apparently, this is the first ever. Well, this is baseball. You're you gonna buy everything. that, or you think that they're making it up? No, I'm okay with that. But no, I mean, come on. It, you guys think you guys know I'm right here? I mean, there's, there's. You're right I'm about sorry. what? How do you, how do you injure yourself? To you, how do you injure your back? back taking spasms. your pants off. Have you ever had back spasms? I, uh, I, I guess I can see it. I can, you can get back spasms doing anything. You reaching down to the floor. Don't get it. You don't yeah, get you it. Don't. skinny people. You, you know? can <laughs> reaching down to the floor to untie your shoe. You could get back spasms. Reaching down. I've had my back. Reaches down to take their pants off. Well, Go through the motion stuck, right now. Just think about it. Your legs, and you got to get them. A lot over of people you step on. So, all right, you step on it. So we'll take this. Let's oh go to the gosh. extreme. How do you take your pants off if you're standing up? Yeah. You just let your trousers drop, yes. and then you step and on then them. I st- yes, I do. Okay. Like a normal you're person. Skinny person. You know, other people requires a little more you finessing. T- <laughs> shall maybe we say. he didn't take his shoes off before he tried to get his pants off. I wonder why he didn't do that at three in the morning. Because he, he just got just back on a flight from oh Philly. Oh my goodness, he didn't Are you listen. missing this part of the story? Yeah. Like nobody just, and nobody ever has a good time on the way home well, from a road trip. Well, maybe he did, but that's why uh, he was up at 3 in the morning. It's not like he was out on uh, Michigan Avenue partying it up. Can you party it up on Michigan Avenue? Is that, is that the a time spot? to move on. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Rush Street, whatever those streets are. Doc, doc, I need a doctor because the doctor just gave me a headache. At the end of the day, you guys know I'm right. You just don't want to admit it. It's fair. All right? I understand. It's got to be tough. get fat people injuries. Uh, <laughs> except Brandon Morrow's not fat. Speaking right, of right, <laughs> yes, right. Will John Horst and the Milwaukee Bucks do the right thing with pick number 17? Will they even hold on to it? Uh, we'll talk about it next. I think uh, as you kind of get in our range with some guys that are ready to play and have an immediate impact and, and also still continue to develop because they have high character and high work ethics. So... Um, and then in the second round, I think this is a deep draft. I think there'll be a handful of players that are taking the second round that end up having good NBA careers. That would be general manager John Horst. You ask, for whom? Your Milwaukee Bucks, John Horst. Oh, that John Horst. Welcome back, Luke. It's the morning, Vogel. Dr. J. 
what's your level of anticipation and or excitement for the draft? NBA draft, I had, it's, it, it's no longer a big thing. Not that it was a really big It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Thing for me, but from year to year, you see that it just doesn't produce much of anything. There's a lot of speculation, a lot of hyperbole, and then it doesn't deliver. And then you don't see any players that move on that really are impact players or difference makers to any great extent. Well, it doesn't have the same interest for me, and I was just sitting here looking at a mock draft and going on the list. You know any of the names? And that's exactly what's going to be my point. Remember the days when there was a guy who was a three- or four-year star in college and won a national championship or played with a big-time program? Like, ooh, curious to see where he goes well, that, or how his career can do this. I don't know. These guys I don't even know. But now, some of them you do. Well, You're the perfect test case over here, Dr. J. So I'm going to uh, throw out some names. You And tell me, nod. You can just nod. It's great for radio when you just nod. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, you heard oh, yeah. him? Oh, yeah. yeah. Marvin Bagley the third. Oh, yeah. Come on. Is it Luka Doncic? Yeah, from yeah. overseas. Although, yeah. Playing for he, FC Barcelona. Yeah, he's for other reasons because of what his wish list Michael is. Michael Porter Jr.? That's amazing, by the way, his wish list. They, oh, injured, yeah. they always injured Michael Porter from, Jr.? From uh, Missouri, right? Mo Bamba? Texas. Jaron Jackson Jr., Wendell Carter. Trey Young. I mean, Trey oh, yeah. Young is the yeah. that is the only player that holds any intrigue for me. Well, I want to see where he goes, how how he high, how high he goes, and to what type of team he goes to. Because yeah. I watched him play as a collegian, I enjoyed watching him play. Mm-hmm. Though he's got a lot of flaws in his game. And the comparisons to Steph Curry and yeah, how yeah. he's handled that, it seems like he's handled it fine. But some of these names, I might even just have heard the name, but they haven't didn't seem to really achieve much at the college level, except for Trey Young, some notoriety there. There's another name that intrigues me, Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, your guy, yeah. Yes. For sure. Sweet. I don't know. Does he translate to the NBA? I don't know. Most people didn't think he was leaving. The mock draft I'm looking at right now on uh, CBSSports.com has him going to pick after the Bucks selection at 17. So, so you have CBS up? Yeah. This what do they have the Bucks doing at 17? They have the Bucks taking Aaron Holiday. Oh, I, I, I know UCLA. him. I watched him beat the Badgers. <laughs> yeah, well. With UCLA. Uh, so they have some good things to say about him. Obviously, the other thing I was thinking of is I was going down this mock draft, and I had to get to 17 for the Bucks. P- apologies to the Bucks, but I kind of went, how can, how can they be... I don't want to say that they're, they're bad. They're not bad. They're not great, and they're not awful. How come they're never picking in the you know the top couple of picks? They got to go all the way down to seventeen and still have so many issues. It's like a team that has this many issues should be you know in the top five of the draft, but they're number seventeen. You mean a team that needs players at every position? Yeah, exactly. Is they, maxed out on salary cap. Yes. Oh, we're and can't get past the first I round. Of I playoffs. mean, the San Antonio Spurs huh. are picking eighteen. At least I know it's come. They're coming off a dynasty run, you know, and have done something. I hope they. Pick, I get that. I hope the Bucks 
pick Mo Wagner to team him up with DJ Wilson. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wagner's a better play. Wagner would play. DJ Wilson, I said it last year. That it was a first was guess, not a second guess. It was a horrible pick. Yeah. Horrible <sighs> pick. So uh, you mentioned one mock draft has Holiday. Yeah. Two other examples for the Bucks. Get this. One has the Bucks taking Jerome Robinson. Another has him taking Mitchell Robinson. There we go. Well, we got the. Yeah. Can you tell the difference? Start stitching the jersey already. It doesn't really matter. Who did Jerome Robinson play for? Quickly. Who? I have no clue. Guard, no. Boston College. Mitchell Robinson. No clue. Because he didn't play uh, in college. Yeah, because oh. I was just reading about him the other day, too. No, is I saw he, that uh, didn't he go, or is he the guy that went and played in, um, like, Bosnia or something? Here's what it says, because this CBS has Mitchell Robinson oh, Mitchell going 27th Allison? to the Celtics. Okay. A home run swing no matter where he's taken. When you take home a run. big swing, wow. you can often strike out. But Robinson is a hell of a physical specimen, it says. Wait, so he's the one that went to Boston College and they haven't no, gone to Mitchell Boston? Mitchell Robinson did not go to Boston College. Jerome Robinson went to Boston College. We just gave him different names. <laughs> he had committed to and then pulled out of Western Kentucky, did Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson? Yeah. All right. Uh, have you ever school. heard of Dan Wolken? No. Yeah, I know that. You know name. why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do I well, he's that? in that feud now with Mike Leach. Wasn't oh. that who he called? It wasn't. Didn't Leach call out Wolken? Who did he call out? <laughs> uh, which one? Wait a minute. The last one was the president and the conspiracy. Nobody called out a writer president. too. Oh, okay. That was not he, surprising. So Wolken wrote this big story yesterday in USA Today about the NBA draft and how it's just kind of stupid because most of the players don't really deliver on all their expectations. And then he cited this, reading from Dan Walken. Just consider 2013 when Jay Billis declared that number one pick Anthony Bennett is, quote, absolutely a stretch four that can score from day one in the NBA. Walken's comment, he didn't score day one, day 150, or day 500. Right. I just heard him in ranking some of the worst NBA draft picks of all time. I think Dan Patrick Show even maybe touched on this yesterday. The worst number one pick of all time. They put him down. Oh, Bennett? Yeah, Bennett, yeah. He was the worst of all time number one pick. You know, it's it's funny because everybody always goes Odin right out of the gate, but it, it just I, th- I think he's so attached to KD, that's why everybody thinks Well, there's a difference. Injuries, that, a diff- yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm going to give him a break because it's not really his fault he kept getting hurt. Yeah. Bennett just sucked. Yeah, yeah, he sucked. Period. And Odin everybody, was a player everybody in Everybody was wrong. Yeah. And then the, the thing that people are trying to get their arms around in this draft is, okay, so nobody's playing with a center anymore in the NBA, right. and the top players are all centers. Yeah, like seven of the top <laughs> ten picks and, are going to be centers. And going down this list, this is another reason why it doesn't grab you as much, whether it's the players from overseas who haven't played in college here, who I don't know much about, and then looking how many freshmen are on this list. Like, but I barely even got to know you for a cup of coffee in college to know what whether you were any good, whether I'd like you or not, or I'm intrigued what's going to happen in the next Maybe level. they should force them to go to school for four years. Uh, what do you think? And I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying it, then it just turns the draft into what the college baseball or the NHL, you know, or the Major League Baseball I just don't think it's is. the draft is... I enjoy... Believe it or not, I enjoy the NFL draft to a certain extent. I'm not tired. Tired of it. Just because I think there, there's something about the presentation. I'm all about the event. Remember, I'm all about the event. I don't mm-hmm. think this is much of an event. I mean, honest. honestly, if Tonight, you don't, every year in the draft. Jay Billis showed up yesterday on, one of the, on the morning show. <laughs> it looked weird. like he walked out of a cardboard box he'd been sleeping in. <laughs> that was a Right? Strange, yeah. Well, they're trying well, to make I, it I like more one because they've had, I think, a last couple of days, different mock draft preview shows going on. But on nothing the happens. They, they predict all the things that could happen, speculate on the things. Nothing happened. Well, like you just said about Jay Billis. There was his prediction about Bennett. Look how that one worked I mean, out. I guess Pretty awful. What, what I've kind of gleaned about the draft over the last couple of years is that if you don't, like every, every year there's there's a certain number of players that really can make a difference. And granted, you'll usually find a couple outside of that top group like Donovan Mitchell last year or so. But for the most part, 
there's like a top group and it's a certain number of players deep. And well, that's you have a, good a play, point. And if you have a pick after that point, especially like the Bucks, it doesn't matter. Honestly, but my 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 interest level was, in the draft is a where was Donovan 12. Mitchell taken? That's what the Bucks have to do. They got to go find themselves yeah, Donovan Mitchell or, or Giannis taken later in the draft than you know. Well, Giannis was taken earlier than anyone thought. That was the well, key no, no, no. But I'm saying, but he wasn't taken in the top five where you generally find the you know the dynamic all stars. You know what else I don't like about the NBA draft versus the NFL, which you said holds some attention for you and you, you like, is that in the N- NFL, at least they have the free agency period before the draft, so I know where who's yeah, gone where and that. Because right now in the NBA, that the free agency situation totally well, overshadows a, the draft. Well, how big of a cloud will LeBron cast exactly. over this draft? What does it? Ma- what does any of this matter? Do, shouldn't the Cavaliers know? Maybe they do. What LeBron is doing before they even bother making a selection? I mean, how can you hold a draft and not know where LeBron's uh, going? We got this note from Rob Andringa. Kent Benson, that's all he said. Does that mean one of the all-time busts? Uh, I don't know. I guess he'd be, high on the, he'd be on that list somewhere. I mean, Bennett was basically out of basketball in The, one the year. problem is that Kent Benson was so good in college for such a great program. That you gave him some freedom to be a bust? No, that um, these other guys, I mean, it's not like Bennett was a superstar in college that we're now we're predicting he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced anyway, bread. is listening to our show. He should be getting ready for his pro-am event this morning. Doesn't he start at 7.30 with Jerry Kelly? Yeah. He should be, <laughs> yeah, that's it an hour. Should be taking should, shots. He and Jerry right Kelly now. should be slashing each other in the shins with a three iron <laughs> just to get toughen in the mood. That was fun here. Rob was with us yesterday and talking about uh, his uh, competitive days on the ice. Yes. Uh, with with Jerry Kelly. Uh, well, we, that was a perfect segue to get into a little golf in the AmFan Championship. Chuck Carbedian joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. beyond my expectations you know on how much this is growing in the three years uh, but it, it's an event that I look forward to each year uh, the last couple years since I've been able to play and um, it's fun coming back to play in front of family and friends in the area where I live now and and it's also a lot of fun to give back to the to these groups that we're giving back to the voice of Steve Stricker, who just happens to be the face of the AmFam Championship. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. We're joined now by Chuck Garbedian. Chuck Garbedian on golf. Good morning. How you doing? I am doing great. How you doing? I'm not doing too bad. I, before we talk about AmFam, quick uh, comment on Phil Mickelson. <laughs> apologizing! Apologizing! What do you think of that crap? Well, how, how many days has that come too little too late? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, that's great. I don't, you know, not a- It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Apology, apology. I'm really so sorry for the things that I had uh, wanted to always do and finally did and realized maybe that wasn't such a good idea yeah that's i mean it's phil being phil i don't know what anyone really expects i think the funny thing that i saw earlier in the week was amy mickelson talking about the fact that you know phil had a conversation with mike davis about you know if you want me to i, I think i might withdraw i mean geez, just you know what you did was wrong 
I, there's just no explanation for it. There's no rationale for it. There's no reasoning for it. It makes no sense. And then you did it anyway. Now you're going to apologize now. Well, yeah, because it's a PR move, and you got to make sure that you keep all the sponsors happy, and everybody just, you know, looks at you like, oh, yeah, you're just a fun, goofy guy. Yeah. And Great, then, doesn't the apology ring a little more hollow, the fact that it seems like he might have even got caught in a lie in what his logic was and reasoning for do it when I think it wasn't a Beef Johnson and one of the scorers who was all with him at the time said he didn't know what the, the penalty or the rule was, that he just kind of commented, you know, penalize me, whatever it is, mark me down, I'm just done here sort of thing? Yes, and that that's the other reason why. Always, in the Faraday interview, it always, it always rings interesting because he said either have to be incredibly dumb or incredibly smart to play this game. And he tries to be both at the same time sometimes, and it doesn't really work out all that well. And it, this is just one of those cases where it just didn't work out. You, you thought you had an answer to everything, and then all of a sudden people started asking you reasonable, logical questions like, well, if you had done this, the penalty would have been this. Why didn't you do this? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's just the whole, it's just, let's just move on from this. Just Good don't want to do that. When you're playing golf, even if it's miniature golf, don't do that. <laughs> All right, Chuck, I want you to convince our millennial, uh, Dr. J, why he should be interested in the results and maybe even attending the AmFam Championship uh, this weekend. Go ahead. You're- oh, because you get to see history. You get to see some of the greatest players on the planet, the guys who were the foundation of the PGA Tour through a lot of its formative years, especially during the Tiger Woods era. You get to see guys like Davis Love and Fred Couples and Miguel Angel Jimenez, and you get to watch him warm up on the range. Bernhard Langer, who... Just shows you the longevity and, and the great golf that you can play when you play the game of golf. That if you're playing it professionally or recreationally, that you can play it forever and you do it with a lot of great people and you go to a lot of great places. It's one of the best tournaments that the Champions Tour or PGA Tour Champions runs during the course of the year. The PGA Tour Champions is, and PGA Tour are thrilled with the, the event and the results that it gets, the, the golf course, and the fact that they get to kind of hang with Steve Stricker, who's becoming you know, second in line to royalty to uh, Andy North in Wisconsin. You got an up-close and personal look for years uh, with the GMO, then U.S. Bank Championship, and that battle that it went through where it was on the calendar and trying to fight for its foothold and carve out a little notch on the PGA Tour. What were your expectations for this event when it was created, and did you think it would be able to catch on as, as strongly as it has right from the get-go? Well, I thought it would always be successful because you had American family behind it, and they're an exceptional company with a sterling reputation and, and really good people uh, up and down the line. The other thing I thought that made a no-brainer is the fact that Steve was involved. I think the only constraint would be would be where it was going to be played, and I thought U Ridge was a natural, but I, I know that U Ridge has got a lot of stuff going on, so I didn't know if that was going to be able to happen. I, I think it's great. I think it would be kind of fun if they moved it around the state a little bit, if they took it to Green Bay or the... the, the uh, the Appleton Green Bay area, if they moved it to Brown Deer one deer just for, for fun, um, just to have it in the place where the old GMO is, because a lot of the guys that play in this thing had played the GMO, and they love coming to Wisconsin. The Heartland is, is really a great place for golf because you see traditional parkland courses. They usually have good sight lines for visitors. You know, you go to Brown Deer, it's a big park. You go to U Ridge, it's a big park. Um, it, it's a lot of fun to, to see the legends of the game playing and, and really enjoying themselves and competing at an extremely high level. All right, if you could follow only one golfer in the first round of the AmFam, who would it be? And here are your options. Stricker, Kelly, Longer, Daly, or other? Uh, of that group, I would I would take Jerry Kelly because I always enjoy watching Jerry Kelly because it's just the emotions on the sleeve. Daly, I don't know that he would complete the 18 holes, so that might be the shortest walk on the planet. Um, <laughs> Steve's always fun to watch because Steve's really precise and really good. It's just... 
it, it's hard to watch these sometimes because it's just so good. It's just so smooth and syrupy that you're just trying to replicate that. It's really hard to do because he has a set of skills that other people don't have. But, but Jerry's the everyman golfer. Jerry's the guy who's at the 19th hole and he's playing in your group. And at some day he's probably going to be a ranger in a cart telling you move along and pick it up and let's get going. It's it's just fun to watch Jerry. The, the other thing you mentioned about uh, University Ridge and that it being very busy and how would it do with hosting it, how has the course in your mind held up to facing some of the best players in the world, certainly at this at this age of 50 and older? Because for the rest of us, it's a tough course for the hacks in the world. But for these guys, they kind of carve that place up. Well, they do a little bit, but it's, it's, you know, it's a different level. If you were doing something where you practiced it or you've done it your entire life and you come to the golf course, like U Ridge, U Ridge has a lot of options. It's a wonderful facility, and, and the idea behind it is the shot values from hole to hole are exceptional. And when you get touring professionals coming in and playing it, they know what their miss is going to be. At this facility, you can aim at a certain spot and hit your spots, and, and, and yeah, you can you can carve it up. But that's what you want to see. I, I I personally didn't enjoy the U.S. Open because I just can't stand watching guys hit good shots and then you know make seven out of nothing. <laughs> Whereas you, you go to this and, and you can watch guys play and you can. The, the the expertise and the craftsmanship, and you just appreciate what they're doing, hole in and hole out, and it, it's a great experience all the way around. Chuck, do you like the uh, celebrity foursome concept this year, featuring Andy North, Brett Favre, Derek Jeter, and Lee Trevino? I love the Trevino ad. I, I think that's awesome. If they can get him someplace and just let him tell stories, if you can get the right guy to interview him and just let him go and just give him a couple of nuggets to kind of feed off of. Him. You're going to hear some fascinating things because Trevino is one of those guys that bridges the gap between old and new and says things about the older players that you had no idea had taken place. Stories about Sam Steed, about Ben Hogan, uh, Ken Venturi, about a bunch of guys that, that had kind of formed the PG Tour when everybody got in the cars and drove to the next event. Uh, Trevino is a wonderful ad. Uh, it's always fun having Andy around. You, know, you get two legends in, in Brett Favre and Derek Eater. It's, it's a great day for everybody involved. It's funny because as you were saying that, thinking, gosh, they need a way to mic up Lee Trevino so the whole yeah. crowd can hear him tell the stories. That'd be a good But idea. he's loud enough that you don't really need to. He works the crowd even from a golf course. Oh, yeah. He's, he's exceptional. And the stories that he tells and the stories that he knows, and the ones that are really interesting are the ones that he doesn't necessarily tell in public to everybody. If, you, if you've had an opportunity to sit with him just a little bit where it's been quiet and you just kind of mention a name or two, and, and watch him kind of go. It shows the respect that he has for Steve Stricker that he's coming to this event because he doesn't do a lot of things. At Geneva National is one of the only Trevino courses. He didn't do a lot of them, but it's a really fun golf course to play. I'm sure the odds are pretty good that Favre will zip a football into the beer garden at some point, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think somebody's going to probably bring an NFL Wilson in there and have him home one someplace because, you know, you always want to do that. Just look at Don Davies' fingers. He's got, like, broken fingers from catching far passes. Do you really want to do that in the beer garden? If he lights one up, man, he's going to grill somebody. All right, gloss yourself. Uh, plug yourself. Chuck Garbedian can be heard when and where? Garbedian on golf is heard on the Big 920 WOKY every Saturday morning from 9 to 11, and then again on Sunday on the Big 1070 WTSO from 8 until 10, and this Saturday and Sunday. Both shows will be live from the AmFam Championship at U Ridge in Verona, Wisconsin. Good for you. Thanks for joining us this week, Chuck. Enjoy it, my friends. Thank you. Thanks, Chuck. We should also mention that Steve Stricker made some news. 
He withdrew from the U.S. Senior Open, which is next week. Sven Singh, his schedule's just been too busy lately. I'd like to get some sleep, huh, cut. maybe? Well, yeah, after making Take the cut at the off. U.S. Open and going through that grind at Shinnecock and then hosting this week. Second hour of the show, Jesse Temple at 7.15. Talk a little bit about Wisconsin football recruiting, 7.30. Ted Davis, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, talk about tonight's draft. 7.45, Jeff Petrikas tells you which Big Ten player will be drafted, selected first. All of that coming up on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. You saw it's your birthday. Here's Uncle Lukey. Thanks, Eddie. Yet another off-air dispute between Dr. J and Bogle, this time over Bruce Springsteen, of all people. There are about six days a year where for sure I hate him because that's when any member of the East Street so, brand has So we don't have anything from the East Street band, even well, though it's Neil Swafford's so, birthday so, you've got any East Street band song in there, you got eight million of them to play. Just play one of those then. Well, okay, here's a little fun fact. I don't really know anything about Bruce Springsteen because I don't like him. So, oh, Well, wow, you know enough wow. not to like him. Yeah, yeah. Like, so how do you know a contradictory statement? What's that? I've heard plenty of the music, all right? I'm not a big fan. So why would I then go into Who's Neil Lofgren? Nils Lofgren. Oh, by the way, sure. Yeah, so he doesn't like you know factory workers, the little guy, anything. This one's for the steel mill. Two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, he hates Are those you people. Mocking him? He yeah, hates I am. mocking the boss. He yeah. honestly goes to every town. Goes, what's it? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mill that's gotten closed down by nearby. Oh, hey, this one's for GM in Janesville. Oh, Two, yeah. three, four. He hates that how he plays to the people in his crowd. It's ridiculous. Mm. How about a little kinks action, then? Ray Davies, 74. This one of the most underrated bands in the history of wow. music. Can I ask kinks. you, Dr. J, how much do you know about the kinks? Uh, none. Oh, but he can find a kinks song. Yeah, because this song's good. See? Oh, you don't know anything about them, you said. Yeah, I've heard this song before. It's not that crazy. It's one of the more famous guitar intros of all time. There you go. Uh, Charlie Moore, a former brewer, 65 years old today, played 14 seasons in Milwaukee's a member of the Wall of Honor, hit only 262, was a catcher and a right fielder, and is distinguished by this note. On October 3rd, 1976, Hank Aaron drove in Charlie Moore with a single, a base hit. It was the last RBI for Hank. Henry Aaron. Hmm, Henry really? Hank. I always yeah, see the stories about, about his last home run, but never his last RBI. And it was Charlie Moore who scored. There we go. Who played it. Uh, Aerosmith, Joey Kramer, 68. We got any Aerosmith? Oh, yeah. He's heard of them. Oh, I, I have heard He's of them. He's decided they aren't god-awful. Uh, they oh, they're not great. playing for they're, the steel worker. They're a little overrated. Prince William. Wow. Prince William <laughs> is only 36 today. Uh, do you know his nickname was Billy the Fish? That was, why Billy that's not the true. Fish? Yes, it, it, that was his nickname. That's, that's a takeoff on William of Wales. Oh, it, it's true. Okay. Uh, Wait, who, the, who called him that? Oh, who, who, you, yeah. me, queen the, mother? Queen, the queen mother? No, he was yeah, mocking him at school in royalty Did you class. know Prince William's a surfer? You didn't know that either, did you? That's I'm, he I'm up to date on my royals. <laughs> well, what fish isn't a surfer? Uh, of course he is. Do you name Who manages the royals today if we're not long, if we're not much longer? Ned Yost? Yes. 
Uh, Matt Kuchar's 40. How, how many majors has Matt Kuchar won? Uh, zero. You're right. Yes. But he's won like seven tour events and is finished in the top 10 and over 80. Seems like a very nice guy. He is. Does a lot of commercials. Uh, do we have any? We have any big country? Uh, we do. Great band. Great. I know everything about. There's only one. <laughs> there's a, there, this is easy for Doctor J. He didn't have to choose anything. They only have one Mark song. Mark Brzezicki, 61 today. Gesundheit. Yeah. Uh, Chris Pratt, 39. He's that you old. Like Chris, yeah, he's good. Well, Parks and Recreation isn't that uh, where he got to get yes, started? Great, he was great, so was good great. on that show. Okay. He was, it was uh, so my funny. question to you Bert is: Are Macklin. you into this whole Jurassic no uh, phenomenon? No, no. I've never I, been into Jurassic Park. I think it's creepy. Like even the trailers on television promoting the sh- TV. Or how, about, on the how about this for movie? an idea? Um, the you should probably give up on making dinosaurs the nineteenth time that it's gone terribly wrong and led to people dying. No, I'm just just a suggestion. All right, people trying. must like it. All right, people that live sells. in Jurassic World, like the, I'm just thinking of like the governments of the various countries that that have Jurassic World around, like just being like, yeah, just keep doing you over there. Don't worry, people keep dying, but don't just keep doing I it. I stopped watching after the second one. I haven't seen it. Chris Pratt's since, 39. So. Uh, you spec. You mentioned the Jurassic World. Uh, Spielberg was at the Yankee game last night, seated in the front row, right behind home plate. Along with Lauren Michaels of Saturday Night Live. Hmm. Another there dinosaur, you have it. Another dinosaur. Oh, Lauren Michaels Whoa, or Spielberg? Oh, I said it. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. By the way, uh, did your kid enjoy his hike with you yesterday? What hike? Duncan. What hike? It was <laughs> Hike with a Geek Day. <laughs> oh. Wow. 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 Brian Posick totally joins us right. next on Lucas in the Morning. Hey, patrons, happy Thursday to you. How the hell are you? Welcome to Lucas in the Morning. Yes, get over there! Hang on to your hats because today's program is action-packed. At 7.15 this morning, it's Jesse Temple. At 7.30, we'll talk about the NBA draft with the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. And at 7.45, we will spread the hate. Haters gonna hate. With Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and JS Online. And now let's spread some you-know-what. Here's Rob Vogel and Mike Lucas. I couldn't resist reading something about this story when I saw the headline, Hardy's Carl's Jr. planned to go their separate ways. No. What's this all about? Brian Posick joins us now. Instead of advertisements featuring bikini-clad women... Like Paris Hilton and Kate Upton. Tardies has decided that watching them devour sloppy burgers is taking away from their message. So they're going for a more wholesome (laughs) image. (laughs) Their whole more wholesome image by putting the spotlight on their food. Oh, well, what do you know? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about that? When's the last time they've come out with a commercial that had those? I mean, Kate Uh, Upton was years ago. Paris Hilton was a while ago. Yeah, it's been nonstop. Have you ever eaten one of those burgers, like the triple decker? Nope, not one of those. Stacked with just about everything. Out in LA for the Rose Bowl, you go to Carl's Jr. Okay, there aren't any here. No, no, Hardee's. So what's the point? They could have all the models they want in the world doing it. I can't run on There's a Hardee's in Middleton. Hardee's, but not a Carl's. Are they serve the same slop? Don't they? I've never been to Hardee's ever in my entire life. No, they're. Actually, what, I like their burgers. What kind of baseball cap is that? Who's that uh, logo? It's, it's, 
lacrosse, isn't it? Lacrosse. Lacrosse High School? No, no. college. Just the University of Wisconsin lacrosse. lacrosse. <laughs> kind of unique. What's that little symbol in the middle? Is it's that a eagle. bear? It's an eagle. It looks like a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, it does. It looks like a baby Remember, they bear. Used to be the Indians, the lacrosse Indians, right? All right. Well, it yeah. doesn't look like yeah. that. It doesn't look like a Native American yeah. at all. Uh, we had, Ronaldo scored yesterday on our time, but uh, we yeah. saved it for today. He's got four G's uh, in the World Cup. <laughs> Can we hear one of them? Sorry, that's great. Shot <laughs> coming from distance from Guerrero. Here's Bernardo Silva. This time it's short. Now played inside with He sort of, in in line with the Batista bat celebration, yeah. he mocked Messi, uh, Vogel's guy. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah. what would he do? I didn't see he that. Kinda, mm. He kind of, uh, you know, Messi's got this goatee. Yeah. And he showed up in a little uh, film with a goat, mm-hmm. kind of promoting himself as the goat. A sure. real goat. He yeah. showed up with right, a real right, baby right. goat. Yeah. And so then he, Ronaldo after the score yesterday, take a look at the video. Mm-hmm. It's kind of motioning to his face, a mustache, goatee. Type of like, you know, I've never seen a I'm soccer player before draw attention to himself after he scores no. a goal on a beautiful Absolutely setup not. by another Your teammate or two. Geico oh, just came well, out with yeah. that. Oh, I wonder why Millennial loves it. I mean, yeah. it's the ultimate bat flipping. Yeah. They do no, it in every time. Wow. Have you seen the Geico You, get hurt you guys are right. They should act like they've been there before. No, they no, should no, score no, and no. walk silently yeah. with their heads down and their hands in their pockets they back to the middle. How about they celebrate with their teammates? Yeah. Run away from them and have them chase them around the field. How about like acting like you've been there before? I didn't say that. Stripped yeah. down out of my clothes. Did yeah. you see the Geico ad with the yes. soccer players it's sliding so around? Yeah. That, that yeah. It's so good. good. <laughs> anyway, so I heard the question Big asked. After today. He's... Lionel Messi, by the way, Argentina takes on uh, Croatia today. Oh, thank you for promoting Fox, that. Just after so you know. Luke Ronaldo scored yeah. his you know, fourth goal, yeah. uh, is there any athlete in the world, any other athlete in the world you'd rather be than him? Can you pick one right now in the well, world? Well, after he went through be? the uh, the tax issues and owes $22 million, I don't know if I'd want oh, to be him. He's worth like still got, he's still got the champs change to yeah, spare. He's still that's good. That's probably there. like 20 bucks to me. You know, right? from the celebrity to mm. the money you to the success be, uh, to the good looks to Brandon all Brandon Morrow. Wouldn't you want to be Brandon Morrow today <laughs> trying to explain to people <laughs> yeah, how you got yeah, hurt, back right. spasms by taking your pants off? Nope. You think that's true? Sure it is. does not think it's true. Pose it. Just hear me out. Any other athlete I'd want to be? Hmm. Well, That's ponder that. LeBron James, yeah. maybe. He's probably going to be a billionaire before his career's done. Like Jordan Spieth. That'd be okay. You know? Do you want to be a, a golfer? Huh? You want to be a golfer? I want to be a good golfer. Yeah. Yeah, he's got I a receding do. hairline though at like twenty four. Yeah, that's okay. All right, take you know, that back. Guys, almost think bald about already. Okay. Right. Did you watch? Yeah, he looks like he's eighty. Did you watch any of the NHL awards last night? A little bit. Yeah. I didn't see the ending. Apparently, it was pretty emotional because yeah. they had representatives from uh, like Stoneman Douglas High School, yep. Parkland, Florida, the yep. Humboldt Broncos, yep. Some, yep. some of their team members, and some of the first responders from that Vegas Strip shooting. Yeah, all yeah. together, they brought them on stage. Yeah, that's kind of. I thought it was kind of special how they were able to to bring attention to that mm-hmm. to those people, honor those people at yeah. the end of the show itself. Well, well, you think about it too. I mean, just the connection with with hockey there, the, the Humboldt Broncos, the the junior hockey team, and and uh, Vegas was about ready to start its NHL franchise shortly, uh, right when that when that shooting in, in Las Vegas took place and they were in the community and helping as much as they could to try to lift up the spirits. And even uh, uh, down in Florida, uh, their their hockey team won the state championship, uh, what, a week or two weeks after that, that mass shooting. So there's a, a hockey connection there, and I thought that was a, a great idea by the National Hockey League. They do some dumb things. Uh, last night they got it, seemed to get everything right. Okay, so what is the Ted Lindsay Award? Ted Lindsay Award. 
Uh, mm. Is that a fights. No. Yeah, but I don't think that's Outstanding player. Outstanding player. Connor McDavid. Oh, well, that would work. Now, uh, Taylor Hall was the MVP from New Jersey. That's Jack right. Adams Ted Award. Lindsay. Coach of the year. That goes yeah. to Gerard Gallant. Yeah, that was kind of a no-brainer, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was the Hart Trophy. That's the MVP. That was Taylor Hall, who was with Edmonton, and then they traded him to New Jersey. Was he the no-brainer for MVP? Because when I saw the name go uh, across the ticker, I, it made me think for a second. Really? Well, and know, I had to go back and look right. at stats. Right. I mean, you, so. you think about you, you think about a, an Alex Ovechkin or right. or a Sidney Crosby or somebody like that. Nathan McKinnon was one of the finalists from Colorado, but they didn't make the playoffs. So what do you got in front of you? Pecorine, by the way, was the Vezina you got Trophy Pecorine winner in front from of you? Milwaukee Admiral. What do you got in front Vezina of you? What do you Nashville got in front Predator. of you? You this don't have a goaltender the times for the AmFam Championship. Oh, who, what uh, There's some, I mean, there. you think about the AmFam Championship, the PGA Tour Champions event in Madison tomorrow at University Ridge. Um, you know, there are 15 players who've won the Masters, U.S. Open, British Open, or PGA Championship in the field. I think they've combined to win something like 60 PGA events. Uh, Bernard Longer is in the field. Uh, he's won the Masters before. Who's playing with Stricker? Uh, Stricker is going with Davis Love Third and VJ Singh tomorrow Ooh, at 9.50. And then Fred Couples, Jay Haas, and Colin Montgomery at 10 o'clock. Ooh. Jerry Kelly, Miguel Angel Jimenez, and Kenny Perry at 10.10. Longer tees off at 10.20. Tom Kite with Tom Lehman and Woody Austin at 10.30. I mean, that's that's some pretty good stuff. Andringa right there. and Kelly at seven thirty this John morning. John Daly tees right? off on the back nine the tomorrow morning around ten. Also, the yep. pro am. Yep. Luke asked. So if anybody's going out there before and they want a little tip, they haven't been yeah. around you yeah. Ridge before, and you're just looking for spot. Where can I see yeah. a lot of players up close and maybe see multiple right. things? Right. If you go on, if you're going on the front nine, yes. go behind number eight, which is a par three downhill. You can right. watch them tee off, putt, and play in front of you. Right. You can turn right behind you, watch yeah. them tee off on number two. Since we're turn running to your sh- left and watch them tee off. We'll on number tease nine. that tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good tease. We'll tease that. We'll tell you where to. Find the best viewing spot at University Ridge. Sure. We'll get the opinions of both Brian Posick and Rob Vogel tomorrow. That's your tease. Coming back, though, we'll talk a little football recruiting with Jesse Temple from The Athletic next on Lucas in the Morning. Uh, it's the coaches. It's the relationship and the coaches for me. I'm a, I'm a relationship-driven guy, and uh, Coach Bud Meyer and Coach Chris have been with me from the start. Uh, I only had two games on my highlight tape, and Coach Budmeyer gave me a call one night, and they they offered me. And uh, yeah, it's, our trust has just gotten stronger these past couple of months. And uh, real, I'm a I'm a relationship guy, so it was uh, a no brainer for me. That would be highly touted quarterback, high school quarterback Graham Mertz, talking about his verbal commitment to University of Wisconsin. Joining us now from the Athletic, Jesse Temple. Good morning, Jesse. How are you? Good morning, Mike. Doing well. How are you? Okay. Now, I know you've been very involved with the entire recruitment of Mertz. What stands out the most about how he and his family has handled everything, all those messaging uh, from college coaches around the country? Yeah, I had a chance to talk to Graham and his dad uh, late last week. On last Thursday, Graham announced on Twitter that he was shutting down his recruitment, which I know is a uh, relief to Badgers fans, but just how overwhelming this became for him. You know, you heard Graham uh, in that interview mention that when he had a, a Wisconsin offer, he hadn't played much as a varsity quarterback. He transferred to this high school uh, to start his junior season because he was stuck behind another excellent quarterback at a different high school, and he wanted a chance to show college uh, personnel that he needed scholarships. And so he only had three offers when he committed to Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Kansas. 
And then he wound up winning a state championship, going to these camps, becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the class, and getting offers from name a school. He got an offer from them if they were any good. And it just got so overwhelming. It went from this is really flattering to this is extremely difficult to deal with. And he and his dad, he told me, he sat at an airport during a layover with an Excel spreadsheet open on a laptop going through at least 15 categories with all the schools he was interested in on you know, what, what, how do I feel about this program? What's the culture like? What's the locker room like? The coaching staff. And it turned out that Wisconsin ended up ranking number one on this point scale. And I think that kind of reaffirmed to Graham why he wanted to go to Wisconsin. And then he went on his official visit. And that was the moment for him when he said, okay, it's time to shut it down. But you're right, as you mentioned, that the text message, he was getting 90 to 100 text messages every day when he'd pull out his phone at lunch from coaches. And that's just completely overwhelming. And so I think Graham, you know, is certainly relieved that it's over with. And as I said, I know Badgers fans are as well because they got a good one. Jesse, I wonder if you can shed some light on when you say that Graham, uh, you know, made the statement that he's he's shutting down his, his recruiting. Uh, uh, from his end of it, what does that mean? Does that mean he's not picking up the phone and answering or returning any text messages from a, a college recruiter elsewhere? And on the flip side of that, when a player or a student athlete says something like that, does that mean the Urban Myers of the world are picking you know, whatever school they're done calling or stopping by and just checking in on the kid? Recruiting never stops is, is certainly what I've learned in covering this here. Um, until he signs on the dotted line in December during the early signing period, Urban Meyer and Davos Swinney and anybody else is free to keep contacting him. Uh, but what I think it means is at this point, you know, I would expect Graham to politely say uh, I'm sticking firm with Wisconsin because when he committed in October – you know, it's kind of like a soft commitment because, again, he didn't have all these other offers, and so it was like he was being recruited a second time when Ohio State, Michigan, Ole Miss, you know, Stanford, Texas A&M, Georgia, Clemson, all these schools came in and offered Notre Dame as well. And so I think at this point, it would, it would, my assumption is that it would, he would politely say that I'm with Wisconsin because I just don't think he wants to go through this again for another six months. From what can you, from what you can tell, has the Mertz commitment, and we still have to look at it as a commitment, impacted how the Badgers have recruited other players? Uh, I don't think the staff has gone about recruiting different players because they have Graham Mertz, but what I will say is Graham has really been instrumental in helping to try and build this class. Now, every player is going to make a decision based on what he thinks is best for him, but I know Graham has oftentimes invited some of these recruits who aren't committed into a group chat or if they have just committed into a chat to try and he wants to build the best class. He wants to have something special. I mean, he has flat out said he wants to win a national championship when he is at Wisconsin. And he said, you know, it's not just words. You have to go and back it up. And we know we have to go work hard to make it happen. But so he wants these other players who are really highly rated guys to join him. Um, so I wouldn't say necessarily that the staff has uh, tried to recruit different players because they have Graham, uh, but I will say that the staff does seem to be landing players of a, a little bit higher caliber, and that's why right now this class ranks in the top 20 in the 24-7 sports composite. They've never ranked better than number 30 in that composite, which dates back to about 2002. I don't know if you can definitively answer this. We we'll probably won't know for years down the road when they all get here and and see how their careers unfold. But uh, is this how would you rank this uh, 2019 class? You mentioned what some of the services had them, and it kind of comes and goes depending on how many guys you recruit and where they're all at and at different times uh, of the year. But is this one of the best in recent memory? Is it somewhere in the middle, or where where would you say it is at this point? 
Well, as you said, it's it's difficult to know for certain until these guys get in uniform and you see how they develop four or five years from now. But having said that, yeah, I think this is the best class they've ever had. Um, and it's not just Graham Mertz. Logan Brown is a five-star offensive tackle. He's, he's going to be the first five-star player Wisconsin signed since Josh Oglesby, who was another offensive tackle, and he was an in-state player. That was back in 2007. So, like, that almost never happens. He's the number two uh, offensive tackle in the country, and so that's a pretty special player there. There's a couple other guys that uh, are really highly rated three-star players, and again, you know, the, if any place understands that the star ratings don't matter, it's Wisconsin because of the way they develop guys, but you've got Hayden Rucci, who's a tight end. He's a top-20 tight end in the country. Julius Davis is an in-state running back who's gotten a lot of interest from other schools, um, and a few other guys that I think are, are pretty highly rated three-star guys. Again, we, won't, we don't know how it'll pan out for four or five years, but as it stands now, yeah, this certainly looks like the best recruiting class we've seen at Wisconsin. We're talking with Jesse Temple from The Athletic. All right, a little inside ball here. A lot of people got comfortable reading your stuff with The Land of Ten. Now you've moved on. Give us an idea of, of the transition and, and where you feel you are today and, and how happy you are to be there. Uh, I am thrilled to be at The Athletic. Uh, for those who haven't heard of it, it it's kind of the thing that The Athletic stresses is to go out and write the very best story you can. It's not about uh, write four stories in one day so we can get a whole bunch of page views. It's about we stand for quality, and uh, that's why there's a subscription fee. Um, and the thing that they offer is there's no clickbait, there's no autoplay ads, no videos. You know, whenever you go to a website and stuff just pops up and you don't know where it came from, it's all about the stories. Um, and so, you know, there's a, some 40% off discounts running for two ninety nine. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And a month for the first year. Um, and you don't just get Wisconsin coverage. So, you, you know, you can sign up. And if you're a fan of Chicago sports or Los Angeles sports or hockey in Canada, we have writers all across North America uh, and so that's kind of what makes it special, and I hope it'll be my home for a very long time, and I'm just thrilled to be there and continue to cover the Badgers. So you'll do both football and basketball? As it stands now, I know I'm doing football. I'm really not sure what's going to happen okay. during basketball season. I think we're just going to kind of see how it goes, but certainly I would love to uh, to cover the team because I think they're going to have another great season, and I just love basketball. Sounds like a great deal. Good luck, Jess. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Jesse Temple, The Athletic. I subscribed uh, before I went on vacation. I'm glad that I did. Uh, it gives you a, a different viewpoint on a lot of different teams, sports, and they're just building. They're just starting to build. They hired a lot of great writers from they all have. over the country to call it, whether it's a beat of a local team or on a national level. Tonight is the draft. Where are the Milwaukee Bucks in the big picture, in the big scheme of things? We'll ask the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. He's coming up next on Lucas in the Morning. Most important to me, I think like a home run pick for us would be a player that can impact our team this year as a rookie. And that's a hard thing to find at 17. 
but if we could find someone that can do that, that also has ability to get better throughout their rookie career and play on their rookie uh, rookie contract. I'm sorry, play on their rookie contract, and then hopefully have a, a long career with the Bucks. Like that would be a home run. That would be Milwaukee GM John Horse joining us now on Lucas in the Morning, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, Ted Davis. Good morning, Ted. How you doing? Good morning, Lucas. How are you? Not too bad. All right. Just based on your familiarity with some of the new pieces with this franchise, most notably Mike Budenholzer, John Horst, another year of maturity and understanding uh, the position may be a little bit better. Do you think the approach to tonight's draft will change at all for the Bucks? Well, if they keep the pick, uh, they've just got to get somebody who can be a part of the rotation by the end of the season. Um, that hasn't happened the last two times that they had the 17th pick. Uh, Rashad Vaughn was the 17th pick. He's not with the team now. And D.J. Wilson was the 17th pick a year ago, and he may in time be a part of the rotation. Uh, time will tell that, but he wasn't last year. Uh, by the time they hit the playoffs, he was not even seeing any floor time other than mop-up time. So uh, that, that's two picks that didn't pan out. So you want somebody who can be a part of your rotation if indeed you stay at 17. What in your mind when you sit here and you, and you look at the draft or the Bucks roster and say the Bucks need this and how much do you think the draft can go to addressing that need or will they have to do other things to, to go fill those voids? Well, I think their biggest needs are uh, rebounding. They were last in the league in rebounding last year and that really – uh, showed up in the Boston series where too many times they could not control the defensive glass. Uh, you're not going to win a lot of games in advance if you're 30th in the league in rebounding. So that that's a priority. And in today's NBA, you can't have enough shooters. You can't have enough guys who uh, can can drain the three and stretch the floor. And I think that's another thing that the Bucks need, whether they can uh, get that in the draft or might have to go out into free agency and do that. Uh, that remains to be seen. But those are the two big priorities I think the Bucks need to address. Do you think we're going to see some – wholesale changes with the roster between now and then, then being whenever the season starts? Because they, they appear to be locked in at a lot of spots at the moment. Yeah, they are. They don't have a lot of wiggle room uh, in terms of a cap uh, space and that kind of thing. But I think it's all going to hinge on what they do with Jabari Parker. I think that's going to be the domino effect. Uh, Jabari is a restricted free agent, and he can take offers after July 1, and then the Bucks can react to those offers and match or let him go or do a sign and trade. But I think whatever they do in the offseason will hinge and pivot on what happens with Jabari Parker. Mike and I were talking earlier about comparing the NBA draft to other pro sports and their drafts and what the feel of this one going is. And one of the things we said that made this feel a little bit different than, say, the NFL was that there was so much hanging over this draft in terms of the free agency, whether it's you just mentioned Jabari Parker and his situation, what will happen with him, or LeBron James on a big picture on the NBA level. Is there anything they can or should do to, to tweak that in the way it all unfolds from a timing standpoint so the teams know this guy's going to stay in Cleveland, or maybe he's going elsewhere, and we can then draft accordingly? I've always thought the draft should come after free agency, um, and, and so uh, it doesn't, and it's, it's that way now, and there doesn't seem to be a, a push to address that, but I would rather see uh, free agency and then the draft, because uh, then you have a better idea of, of what you have on your roster. Uh, I agree, but for now, this, this is the way it is, so you, you play the, the field that, you, that, that you're given. Because Jabari Parker is such a big piece to the puzzle in Milwaukee, whether he stays or leaves, I respect your opinion on this. Will the Bucks be better off keeping Parker around? Is, is Parker, should he be one of the building blocks for the future? 
Well, one thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see an extended period where you have Giannis and Chris Middleton and Jabari Parker all playing together. And they really haven't had that. And by an extended period, I mean uh, a full season. Um, that, that hasn't happened. Uh, Jabari was hurt, and then Chris Middleton got hurt. And on the very day Middleton came back uh, from his hamstring injury, that's when Jabari went out again. And then we saw a little bit of them being together last year. Maybe, what did he play, 30 games? But part of that had minutes restrictions. So we have not seen a long run of all three of those guys being healthy for an extended period of time. And that's something I would like to see. Now, that may not happen, depending upon what kind of offer Jabari gets. If he gets an offer 20-plus million uh, above what the Bucks think that he will get, then they might react uh, differently and say we're not matching that. If it comes in at a reasonable figure by today's NBA standards, they would be more likely to match it, and then we might see those three guys together. So uh, it'll, it'll depend on what kind of offer that uh, Jabari Parker gets. Is there any way Bucks management could convince Kawhi Leonard's people that Milwaukee is just like L.A. and he'd be just <laughs> as happy there? And if not, is there another player who either is a free agent or is unhappy in his current situation to start? You think that guy would be a really good fit in Milwaukee? Uh, not a big name. I mean, uh, you know, LeBron is going to go where he's going to go. And, uh, you know, in terms of Kawhi Leonard, uh, I don't think the Bucks have the assets to pull that off. <laughs> right. uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, where he ends up is going to be fascinating because if I'm the Lakers, uh, I'm not trading him to the L.A. Lakers just because he wants to go there because that may be the first thing that gets LeBron to go to L.A. and then maybe Paul George to go to L.A. And if I'm the Spurs, I'm sitting there thinking, why do I want to help form another super team in the West? And so now we've got to get past the Warriors, the Rockets, and the L.A. Lakers all super teams. Uh, I'm not going to do him a lot of favors, especially given what he did last year, which according to people in San Antonio, uh, the, the team doctors in San Antonio said Kawhi Leonard could play. Kawhi Leonard had his own doctors who said he couldn't play, and he didn't play. And so that's where the split really came between Leonard and Popovich last year. You suggested when we started this conversation the Bucks could trade out of the first round. They don't have a second round pick. How do you think it will all play itself out? Well, they could purchase a second-round pick, and I think they'll be in the market for that. Uh, They've had real success with second-round picks. Malcolm Brogdon is the most recent example, but uh, Luke Bamute was a second-round pick. Michael Redd was a second-round pick. Uh, They've had success in that area. So I I could see them active in that market. And there are rumors out there that the Bucs might be willing to move back uh, to get a veteran player to come in. Uh, There was a rumor on the Internet, and it's just a rumor, but that uh, Dennis Schroeder, might be somebody they'd look at. Atlanta has the 19th pick. Bucks have 17. Uh, that's a, an assumption that Budenholzer and Schroeder would like to get hooked up again. Uh, there are going to be a lot of those rumors leading up to the draft tonight, uh, but that's something that you could keep an eye on. Are you with this group now with the with the management, the new arena, the uh, coaching change, all of that, and where they are in the draft? Are you more hopeful? in the promise that something can quickly happen to get them going in the direction they want to go, or is it this might take a little longer? Well, what they've got to do now is they got to 44 wins uh, and find a way to get to 50. Uh, that's six more wins, and that sounds easier than it is in the NBA. Uh, that, that's a difficult task to go to 50 wins. It's not as easy as people think. But go to 50 wins, get home court advantage in round one, whether you're the third seed or the fourth seed or whatever, 
because we saw in the playoffs last year that the Bucks were really good at home. I, I think if they would have had home court advantage against Boston, they would have won that series. I, I believe that. I think the teams were that evenly matched. Uh, but Boston had Game 7 at their place, and the Bucks couldn't advance again, which is something they haven't done since a one. Everybody knows that who keeps up with the Bucks. So get 50 wins, get home court advantage, have Game 7 at your place if you need it, and go to the second round. That's the next step for this team. Ted, thank you for taking some time off on what I'm sure is a very busy day for you. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, I'm just, just having coffee and just woke up. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> All right, bye. Thanks, Ted. Ted Davis, the voice of the Milwaukee Bucks. Who will be the first Big Ten player drafted tonight? We'll ask Jeff Patrikas next on Lucas in the Morning. You rank guys based on talent. You rank guys based on fit. You rank them on their character, all the different things that you have. Um, and at the end of the day, if there's a tie, then you decide what matters more. Does talent matter more? Does fit matter more? Um, does upside all those things? But as basis, it's really more just kind of a ranking on talent and, and deciding then if they fit and all the other things. It's John Horse, the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. We're joined now by Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Good morning. How you doing? Gentlemen, how we doing this morning? Not too bad. All right, I'm going to give you some players out of the Big Ten who have entered this draft, and I want your thoughts on whether they'll be drafted, number one, and secondly, what type of pro they might make. Is that fair? Sure. Okay, let's start with the two Michigan State entries, uh, Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr. Who do you think is going to be the better NBA player over the long haul? I like Jackson because I think, first of all, he's got size that Miles Bridges doesn't have. You can't teach it. Um, And plus, you know, he was able to step out and shoot from at least the college three-point line. At times, um, he's a young kid, and I still have questions about Miles Bridges. He he his game improved from year two or from year one to year two in college, but I just there was always something in my mind a little bit missing that he wasn't able to lift his team in certain key games. So I just have some questions, or I just think Jackson has. You know, I hate to use the term upside because potential can always kill you, but I, I just like his ability down the road. Yeah, he's got the reach, he's got the, the the length, he's got the ability to maybe stretch a defense with a three. All right, let's go to a couple of Maryland players, former Maryland players, Justin Jackson and Kevin Herter. Um, I'll give Herter the edge right now only because Jackson's coming off a shoulder problem. Um, and I, I'm a little hesitant Anytime a player is injured, but I, I like Herder because he's, you know, he was, he strikes me as a guy who could play for Golden State. Not saying he could play for Golden State tomorrow, but that type of player, um, a guy who can shoot, a guy who can slash, um, a guy who's selfless and would fit in with a team that right now is the best of where the NBA is headed. Three other underclassmen who have decided to enter the draft: Kate Spates, Diop, Tony Carr, and Mo Wagner. Who made the right decision? Um, I think probably all of them did. I mean, Kate Bates Diop, you know, you're, the, you're arguably the best player in the Big Ten. Tony Carr probably could have used to to come back a little bit more, but if I'm at Penn State, do I really want to risk going into the NIT again? I would say no. And I think Wagner. I think I don't know that Wagner by coming back another year would have significantly enhanced his draft chances. So I say, you know, good job for all three of you guys in college, and and you know. Kick, kick butt in the pros because I think all three have potential to be players. 
When we were going down the, the list of a, one of the mock drafts uh, earlier this morning and looking at some of the names on there, and we were going through like freshmen, sophomore, maybe an overseas player, so many that you hadn't seen for a, much of a length of time in college. I know it's not new. That's been going on for a number of years. As it continues, though, has it made it more interesting, less interesting, more challenging uh, in your view and assessment of the NBA draft and knowing that these guys hadn't been in college for very long? Oh, I, I think anytime the when you don't have a large sample size, if you're a talent, eval- talent evaluator, it makes it harder. You're drafting on potential. And, you know, physical talent will only get you so far, especially once you get to, to the highest level, the NFL, the NBA, et cetera, because you have to be mature. And if you're and I'm talking between the ears. And if you're not mature and ready to handle that, the league, the lifestyle, the responsibility of having money, your physical talent isn't going to take you very far. All right, so three Big Ten programs held on to players who – uh, went through the process, the, the draft process. Who do you think uh, will stand to benefit the most this upcoming season? Will it be Wisconsin with Ethan Happ returning, Purdue with Carson Edwards back, or Nebraska with both Isaac Copeland and James Palmer Jr. back in the fold? Um, I think I'll go with Nebraska right now simply because they finished. I'll go with Nebraska ahead of Wisconsin simply because they finished ahead of Wisconsin in the standings last year. Because I, the most impressive thing to me about that Nebraska team was that it was like Tim Miles went out and signed about six free agents in the offseason. And he got them to mesh, um, and mesh not, not with their physical ability, but to, to know their roles, to be selfless, and to play as a team. And I thought that was really impressive. Um, and, and I think that's going to really bode well for them in the future because with those guys coming back, they could have made self, you know, decisions about themselves and said, I'm ready to go. But they came back, and I, I think that should be a solid team next year. Not to say that Ethan Happ will not have a significant impact on Wisconsin because he will. There have been other players who've tested the waters to see where they'd be in the draft and come back, and even at Wisconsin, say Nigel Hayes or whoever. How important do you think is for that next step when they do return, for like an Ethan Hamp now, is dealing with the mental thing of, all right, well, I wasn't going to be drafted in the first round. Now I've got to either showcase my stuff, I've got to get better in this area, I've got to not look at it as a negative, but look at it as a positive to have a great senior year. Well, you have to, it's, it's just how you handle it in terms of your maturity. Are you uh, mature enough to say, hey, these guys didn't say I'm a bad person. They critiqued my game and said, you're not ready for our level yet. And it's, it's a huge jump from college to the NBA. And you have to not only try to improve your game to, to be ready for the next level, but make sure that fits into what your team concept is as in college. Because you can't say, okay, this is what the pros want for me to do. I'm not going to worry about what my college coach says. I'm going to focus on my pros. And but for a guy to do that, you wouldn't come back. So I, I think he'll be fine. Jeff, of the players who will be drafted tonight, which of these two players intrigues you, some, intrigues you the most as far as where they might be drafted and by whom? Trey Young or Dante DiVincenzo? Trey Young simply because so many people are already likening him to Steph Curry. And I don't know if he's going to be Steph Curry. I don't know if he's going to be a bust. And I think a lot of people don't either. And, and, you know, he came on, remember early last season when he was, he was changing the college game and he was one of the best players in college of all time. And then his team started losing because teams started defending him more and he, he was jacking up a lot of shots. So I, I'm really curious to see if he's going to be as good as people thought he would be in college, you know, his freshman year over the course of the whole season and really whether, whether he can handle the pro game. I don't know. We both got a chance to see DiVincenzo two years ago. He's kind of an interesting pick, though, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's you know he's a tough. He's, he's a tough player. I really like intangibles. him. Intangibles. Yeah, he's got a lot of intangibles. But he's also he's also a skilled basketball player. It's interesting because we saw him and Bridges in, in that tournament right. in Buffalo, New York. And I never would have projected either of them at that time to be where they are heading into this draft. I just You didn't see that in those players at that time. Yeah, they, the scouts love Bridges, too. He's going to go pretty high tonight. Yeah, and, and he wasn't, if you look at that team, he wasn't even close to being the man on that team. He was like maybe what third, or four, yep. second, third, fourth option maybe. Yeah, development. That's what it takes. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff Patrick, it's Milwaukee Journal Center. Last call next. Lucas in the morning. Welcome back, Lucas in the Morning. Last call, Jam Pack Show today. We thank all of our guests. We've got another Jam Pack Show scheduled for tomorrow. We're going to get in Paul Braun uh, to visit with us uh, the first hour of the show, talk a little bit about uh, his charity endeavors. Uh, second hour, we've got Andy Baggett. We've got Tom Hoddercourt to talk about the Brewers. Brewers and the Cardinals open the series tonight Miller Park. And maybe a special guest and bonus coverage from Tom Silverstein. Uh, trying to work to get Spoon on, talk about the recent... OTAs for the uh, Packers. You know, I saw an article yesterday that talked about the one veteran who could be most on the chopping block for each team. Well, you know, that, that's an easy one for the Packers. And who is it? The quarterback, the backup quarterback. Brett Hundley. Yes. You'd put his chances at getting chopped at... He gone. Pretty oh, good. Oh, wow. Listen to you, Hawk Harrelson. He gone. Yeah, wow, I, I, don't you think? Bench. Well, I think he's definitely got to be, I don't know, nervous, but feeling like he's on well, the block. He's playing for his job right now. You don't now. need three quarterbacks. Yeah, they just traded two. Demarius Randall for a different quarterback. Yeah, Guess did. what? He's there, gone. There was a reason for that trade. Number it's, one, to get rid of Randall. That was the number one right. priority. It's just an odd, quick fall from the, he's our guy, we're but totally his, confident in him, yeah, too. Yeah, weird. But, but, he his, but he had his chance. I know. I, I don't disagree with it at all. It's just a weird fall. Thanks to Dr. J. He'll be off tomorrow. He's going to take his knapsack and his sleeping bag to the grassy knoll and camp out. Later. Ben will be with, right. with us on Lucas in the Morning. Dan Patrick's next. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.